Welcome to Geek Out with Angie Beaver Sutton, an ongoing discussion on geeky topics. In this episode, we interviewed the cast and crew of the animated film Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League Cosmic Clash at the red carpet in February. What's this? The Earth data file appears to have a firewall defense. Activating malware. The fifth LEGO DC Comics film, this movie is about the villain Brainiac's attempt to collect Earth. I talked with writer Jim Krieg about the process of writing a LEGO animated film. Hello, my name is Jim Krieg and I am the screenwriter of LEGO DC Superheroes Justice League colon Cosmic Clash. You don't actually have to say the colon. Tell me a little bit about the process of, of writing specifically a LEGO versus other pieces. What makes it different? Well, uh, you know, you really have to put yourself in a, in a LEGO mindset. I mean, even uh, we're, we were just breaking another one recently, and you have to think about how, how can we break things apart? How can we put them back together? Because if you don't use the Lego, it might as well not be a Lego piece. You, it, it has to exist in a world where things are assembled and disassembled, and you also have to think about what will be funny to see Lego characters do as opposed to see regular characters do. Does that make any sense? Well, yeah, actually, in the Lego, one of the things I like about it is that it's very tongue-in-cheek humor. That yes. They have no problem making fun of themselves, let alone the products that they're involved with. Um, does that, is that uh, harder or easier to write? I will, uh, honestly, it's much easier. Uh, um, you have to... There are a lot of flaming hoops to go through, especially with these superhero characters that are so beloved. and. No one ever wants to ridicule them because, um, you know, they're so beloved. And what's nice about Lego is you can have fun with the characters, but no one ever feels like you're ridiculing them. They're not objects of derision. You're kind of celebrating what makes them unique. You know, we push each character just a little bit. Batman is a little bit paranoid. Superman is a little bit naive, you know. Um, and... I think that's what makes it fun to watch, and also makes it super relatable for kids and and me. Um, is that they're not perfect. They have these little foibles that I share with them. In the, in one of them, uh, Flash and uh, Green Lantern get into a kind of a brotherly one-upsmanship, and I know a lot of brothers who have been in that situation and sisters as well, obviously. Um, so, um, so that's what makes it fun. What's the specific? Uh hook for this one versus the other movies in the, the, the Lego DC universe? This one is, um, what we try to do is to give something for all the characters to do. And this one, Flash, and several of our characters have been thrown into several different eras of time. And Flash and Batman have to team up to get them back and restore their memory. And, it's, uh, and so it's fun to see them in new situations, surrounded by new objects with different identities, and, uh, and see how how Batman and Flash handle it. And then in the uh, overall story, we have, you know, Supergirl's a new character, and then we're going to meet the Legion of Superheroes, so that keeps it fresh. And then they uh, and their fight with Brainiac is, is kind of wonderful because he's not so much a villain, but he's more like a toy collector. He's collecting planets to complete his collection. And those of us who enjoy toys can totally relate to him. It doesn't seem like a villainous act at all. Um, do you have a favorite character? Brainiac, I think, pops off the screen. I love them all. They're all really funny. But Brainiac is so funny in this. 
I also talked to the director, Rick Morales, about what his role covers. What does the director do? Uh, director oversees the film. <laughs> um, well, I, I try and go into the MDEF. What would you say is the, the hardest part of being a director? Well, okay. I, I think, I think the, the main role um, is overseeing the storyboard process and, you know, um, the voice acting and stuff like that, being in the records and, and, and then kind of the design. But the thing that, that you're mostly focused on is overseeing the storyboards um, and directing those guys to kind of, you know, translate the script into what we're going to see on screen. And what makes this different from some of the other projects you've directed? It's, it's a little younger skewing, and uh, there's a lot more humor. And it's Lego. Yeah. Do you find directing comedy harder or easier? Harder. It's definitely harder. Yeah, it's, it's much more difficult, especially with this stuff, because there's a lot of physical comedy. There's a lot of um, Lego-centric comedy that you're trying to, trying to find within it. And um, it's tough. Yeah. And um, what would you, what would be the one piece of advice you'd want to give somebody who wanted to go into directing, especially in a, you know, LA mode versus a theater mode? <laughs> uh, for animation, I could speak to that. Um, draw, 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 draw your butt off. You know, it's you have to put in the work. That's what it is. You know, that's the only thing. Just you need the pencil mileage, I think. You know, and then watch film. If you're interested in it, watch film and draw. And. Uh, Favorite character or favorite uh, in the DC universe? Uh, yeah, Superman. It's definitely Superman. Why? Uh, he's he's good. He's noble. He's he's heroic. You know, a lot, a lot of characters aren't that anymore. You know, I I like him. I, I mean, I've always been a Superman fan. I mean, I grew up with the Christopher Reeve films, and um, that that's kind of like the ideal of the superhero to me. So yeah. And why do you feel superhero films have, or uh, the genre has, has really broken out the last, you know, five, ten years? Hmm. I, I can't really say. It seems a little bit like um, geek culture, if you will, has kind of permeated everything. And, and I, I don't know, it's opened up a lot more opportunities. I think, too, finally, the studios are starting to realize, especially... Marvel, we'll talk about the competition, but um, but Marvel, they've done a great job, like realizing, like, hey, if we make films that you know are reflective of how our co characters are in the comic books, they do really well. Who'd have thought, you know? So, but I think they've been a, a like a great template for this stuff, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what um, what Warner Brothers feature does with you know the, the Batman Superman stuff. So, of course, no movie would be complete without the producer. We got a little bit into what a producer actually does with Brandon Vietti. My name's Brandon Vietti, and I'm the producer. What does being a producer mean to you? Uh, well, you know, I'm involved with uh, pretty much every step of uh, the entire production. So from the moment we conceive of the story, um, I'm along with the writer all the way through the writing, through all of the pre-production with all of our great artists that we have here at Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, I kind of help watch uh, all of the animation as it comes back from our great animation studio that we have and uh, even the editing and the music and the sound effects, all of that I'm involved from start to finish. And what is your favorite part of, of the job? All of it. I mean, there's really no one area that I like more than another. Um, from the creation of a story uh, to realizing it through the visual uh, medium of, of animation and you know, then applying sound effects and music to it. Uh, it. It's all such an amazing process to to create all of this and infuse together all these different art forms into this final movie that we get to present to you. And 
specifically about this movie, what was the most difficult part of putting it together? Oh boy, the, the most difficult uh, part. Um, I tell you, uh, Lego itself is deceptively simple. Um, it, it, is, uh, it is quite a design challenge, I think, for all of our designers. If you think about it, in, in the traditional uh, hand-drawn animation, and even any other CG show, anything you draw, you can create in three dimensions, in, in CGI, right? But So a car, a house, anything, you draw anything you want, you can realize it in CG. But in a Lego world, you, you can only use the bricks. So how do you use the bricks to make you know, anything from a car to a table to a house for a, a particular character that has particular things for that particular character? Um, these are the design challenges that our artists face every day. And I, I think uh, you know, they love it. I think we've all played with Lego uh, as kids. And I think we bring that experience to the table, right? Because that's, that's the fun of Lego. It's a challenge. For, from a design standpoint, but it's also, I think, uh, the fun that we have on, on the crew is like, how can we put these bricks together in an interesting way that works for our, our story and for our characters? What's your favorite part of working with, with Lego as a, as a I've been very lucky to work at, at Warner Brothers Animation for a long time now, about 12 years, and I've worked on a lot of DC animation, and a lot of it's been, you know, a little bit on the serious side um, of the action-adventure spectrum with the DC Universe. But with Lego, you get to explore all of these, these characters from an entirely new angle. Um, Lego allows us to sort of express uh, a little with, with comedy. That, that we, can, we can explore the DC Universe with, with comedy, which is not something that is in every single one of the comic books or every single one of the uh, cartoons that we make. So to be able to come at it with a, a new angle is uh, really exciting for us as creators because you know, again, I, I, like I've been lucky to to be here for a while and, and do a few different Batman shows, and every time the big question is, well, what's the new angle? You know, we can't just copy what we did before. You got to have a new angle, and and Lego really gives that to us. It, it, it's so charming. Their little minifig designs are so charming, and the world that they've created it is filled with humor, and it's just so fun for us to then take that to the DC universe and, and see what we can do. So, what is the for this specific movie, Cosmic Clash, well, um, this one's a fun one. Uh, we present the Justice League with probably one of their biggest challenges yet, and that is the character Brainiac. He's uh, one of the big villains in the DCU. He's a, an extraterrestrial android, and he travels the universe, and he has a habit of uh, shrinking down planets and shrinking down cities and bottling them up. And this is all straight from the comics, but of course our great angle here is that uh, he's a collector. Of course, he's the ultimate cosmic geek, and he just loves to collect things and put them in a package and put them on a shelf and keep them in pristine condition forever and ever. So he's he's the most he's the most villainous cosmic collector you've ever met, and he, he presents a pretty big challenge for the Justice League. Uh, they they are really up against him, and they have to enlist the help of some new characters that we haven't worked with before in, in our Lego Justice League. Um, we we get to introduce uh, Supergirl, and we even get to introduce the Legion of Superheroes. So I think for a lot of kids, uh, you know, uh, Legion of Superheroes may be new characters, which is also another fun thing that we get to do with LEGO, is introduce uh, new characters from the DCU to our younger audience. Do you have kids? I don't, no. I'm, I, but I'm a kid myself, so I... I well, then I'll leave that follow-up with the next question. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in the, in the DC universe? Oh, it's like asking who your favorite kid is, right? <laughs> it's, always, it's so tough because we have such a, a great assortment. But um, I tell you... Uh, in this movie, it was such a joy to bring 
uh, Supergirl to life with the very talented Jessica DiCicco. Uh, what she brought to the role was so fresh and so charming, and I'm sure a lot of people have already fallen in love with the Supergirl from the, the TV series. You're going to fall in love with her all over again with Lego Supergirl. She's just a really great character. And um, for, for people who are wanting to get in the business, what would be your one piece of advice for someone who wants to try and be a producer? Oh, wow. Well, um, it, it really helps to study filmmaking and study writing and honestly study art. Uh, I think, again, because in my job, I touch pretty much every part of the production. So I have to know a little bit about writing. I have to know a little bit about art and contribute artistically uh, myself at times. And then again, just studying filmmaking for, for the sake of storytelling and editing and sound design. Um, it's good to explore all of these things. Myself, I started out in story. I started out in storyboarding and character design. And little by little, I kind of worked my way up and I would try different things and I would try different things and I would try different things. So I just kept accumulating all this knowledge until I kind of had enough of a skill set that I could touch a little bit of everything and, and contribute in some kind of uh, helpful way. So, it, you know, and then the trick, of course, is just is surrounding yourself with an amazing team, which, which I've been very lucky to do. Um, you're only as good as your team. And I have an amazing team, and I think that shows in this movie. And then, um, as a producer, why do you think superheroes as a genre has, has become so popular lately? Oh, well, I mean, it, it, it's the fantasy of it, right? I mean, who, who wouldn't want to imagine themselves as either Superman or Batman or The Flash? There's so many superpowers that are so interesting, and everybody can find something that they like specifically about each one of these individual characters. Um, and yet, at the same time, I think they're relatable. You know, I think uh, uh, each one of them uh, has a, something about their personality, about their alter ego, that, that can also be appealing. And so, you know, working with that dual identity and the fantasy of having fantastic powers, I mean, that's ultimate escapism. Of course, with any animated feature, you need voice actors. With each of them, I tried going into what it was like to play the role as well as the background of being a voice actor. Hi, I'm Andy Milder. I play Lightning Lad. Lightning Lad is, uh, you know, he's one of the original members of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, I, I know this because, of course, I was a big reader of the Legion of Superheroes growing up. And um, he's a hothead. He is uh, very, goes, goes headstrong into everything. Uh, he's a lot of fun to play, and I, 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 I'm thrilled to get to reprise him here. What makes this role different from some of the other stuff that you've done? Lightning Lad is just a lot of fun. He's just a lot of fun to play because he is... He's a hero in every sense of the word, and that in that he he knows what he wants and he wants to help, and he's a good guy. And yeah, he's a wisecracker, like I said, but he is a straight shooter and a lot of fun to play. He's just a blast. And what would you say is the hardest part of doing voiceover work versus non-voiceover work? The thing about voiceover work and what I kind of like about it, as opposed to on-camera work, for example, is that you have to compress every facial movement, everything you're doing, into the sound of your voice. Because, yes, they're animating it, but at the same time, you've got to create, as an actor, you have to push everything that you would normally express all into your voice. And it's a, it's a challenge, but it's a, really, for me, it's a blast. I, I really enjoy doing it. And are you a, a fan of the superhero genre? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I read all comic books. That's all I read. I, I don't think I read anything but comic books as a kid. So who's your favorite? 
Wow, who's your favorite superhero? That's like saying, what air do you like breathing the best? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I actually, I have to say, I was a big fan of Lightning Lad. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I was, and so I was super excited to play him. But I think uh, Batman has always been a tremendously cool superhero. Magneto, I know I probably shouldn't be talking Marvel in a DC universe, but uh, pretty cool. And, um, I mean, you know, there's something to be said for Superman. He's always Superman, and he is kind of the pinnacle of all superheroes. It's pretty cool. What would be the one tip you would give to people who wanted to go into voiceover? You know, I think, I think with voiceover, if you really are looking to get into this business, the, the key is to take acting classes. I think more than anything, it's all about the acting. It's not about how many voices you can do. It's not about how many accents or sounds or different ways you can compress your voice. It's about, can you convey the truth of, of your moment through your voice? And that's about acting. And so I think that would be the advice I'd give. They always say comedy is hard, you know, kind of thing. Do you find that harder to do? No, I mean, I really enjoy comedy. And, and the most of what I've done, at least on camera, has been comedy, a lot of it anyway. So I really enjoy doing comedy. And I, I for me, is it harder? No, it's, it's more fun. <laughs> I wouldn't call it harder necessarily. Uh, do you have kids? I do not have kids, but I have my nephew who's right behind you right there. And he's like a kid to me. He is a kid, but you know, he's like my kid. Yes, exactly. Okay, my name is Josh Keaton, and I play uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. Uh, tell me a little bit about what makes your Green Lantern different in this role versus anything else you may have seen uh, well, it's Lego. So with Lego, the humor is heightened. It's uh, it's more family friendly than uh, you know, like the, something like the animated series, which is geared more towards older viewers. Um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot more jokes, a lot more snappy banter. Uh, and in this particular one, uh, Hal Hal's missing a few things. He's missing his ring. He's missing his memory. Uh, it's a fun time for Hal. Okay. And what makes this role different from other voiceover work you've done? Um, I'd probably say that this is the longest I've ever gone playing uh, a superhero. Um, for a while it was Spider-Man, and uh, I think I've surpassed the, uh, the amount of Spider-Man things I've done with the amount of Green Lantern things that I've done. So this is the longest outing I've had in a character. What do you like about playing Green Lantern? I love that, I, I love that he does what he's going to do regardless of, of what anybody thinks, because I kind of do the same thing. Uh, it gets me in trouble sometimes, but but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that willpower is really admirable. And what would you say is the hardest part about doing voiceover work versus on-camera work? Um, I'd say the hardest part is, the hardest part is really like remembering a voice that might be really obscure that you're coming back to do pickups on and like getting all the nuances again from a performance that you kind of had already put away. Um, I'd say that's tough, and also uh, after a while, I mean, if you have like a really long voiceover session, your voice is tired, and, and I'd say fatigue is probably probably the most difficult part. And uh, outside of the characters you've played, do you have a favorite character in the, the DC universe? Um, outside of the characters I played, I really I really like uh, I really like Rorschach in Watchmen. I'd say that's probably one of my favorite characters. He's just he's an oddball. He's a weird guy, but I, I love. I, well, and I love I love the live action version of him too. I thought that that uh, Jackie did a great job with him, but uh, you know, ever since reading the book, I, I loved I loved his character. I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to know more about his history. It was just really intriguing to me. And um, if you could give yourself a piece of advice about getting into the industry and getting into voiceover work, what would be that one piece of advice you'd give yourself? 
I would say really pay attention to everybody because um, your voices usually aren't going to be like an imitation of another famous voice or anything. You know, it's usually going to be uh, put together from people that you've been around and things that you've experienced. The more that you can go out and experience, the more people you can talk to, the more friends you can make. The more uh, media you can watch and obscure stuff, not not just stuff that's popular, like watching old reruns of stuff from the, the 50s or, you know, watching old silent, not silent movies, but well, actually, yeah, even silent movies and getting that physicality and, and finding a voice to it, like whatever. And the the bigger variety of things that you can put in your in your brain, the, the more things you're going to have to draw on for characters. Do you have kids? Uh, I do. I do. Have kids. And what would you tell them about this? Um, well, the the two-year-old is probably going to see it when it's out um, because she I, I let her watch the things that I'm in because I there's something really cool about being a dad and hearing your kid look at the superhero and point and say dada that's you I'm like you know I gotta stick my chest out and say yes that's right that is me yeah I'm definitely gonna be the dad that's kind of pointing out the lesson or the, the moral or you know why this is good that the superhero did this and why it's bad that the villain did that um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I I, uh, I have very fond memories of, of watching things like this with my with my dad, and 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 I want to be able to do that for my kids as well. Hi, I'm Yuri Lowenthal, and I play Cosmic Boy in this one. Awesome. And tell me a little bit about your character. Uh, my character, he's a leader type, but it's tough when you when you get together a whole bunch of different characters from different groups, and there are a lot of different leaders. It can get frustrating if you think you're the leader. But, but A, there's chaos going around and nobody's listening to what you're saying. And uh, B, there are a lot of other leaders running around and uh, you're not the top dog. And what makes this role different from the other voiceover work you may have done? Uh, I don't get to play a lot of leaders, actually, strangely enough. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I play a lot of sidekicks and a lot of young characters, but, you know, guys who, who think they're in charge is not really my bailiwick usually. So, so that, that was fun. Um, and added a lot to the comedy, I felt, because these, these Lego movies, you know, lean, lean hard into the comedy, and, and I love that. I love that they go that way with the comedy, too, that it's not just, you know, comedy for kids. It's comedy also, mostly, I would say, directed at people who've been reading the comics for a long time and know the characters. Um, is that, do you find comedy harder or uh, easier than drama? Um, you know, they're both hard. Comedy is hard for me in the sense that I crack myself up all the time. It's really hard for me to keep a straight face, and yet I know that you know, playing it straight is the essence of comedy. That's, you know, it's always funnier if you don't laugh at it yourself. But I'm so tickled by comedy in and of itself that sometimes I, I, I break a lot, especially if I've got a lot of these other fun people in the room with me. It can take a lot longer, um, but, I, but I, do love, I do love comedy, and, and I do love that, that Lego, that that's, that's what they do. Yeah. Well, and I must admit, I'm a huge fan of sidekicks, and you said you've heard a lot yeah. of sidekicks. Yeah. Um, I feel, uh, from a writing, from an acting standpoint, and from a writing standpoint, they actually are hard, harder to do because they have to wait. Uh, why'd that happen? And make it sound believable. Exactly. That kind of thing. Um, why, what do you feel is, is the best part of playing you know, the sidekick versus the leader? Um, I think, you know, going back to comedy, we usually get the comedy beats. Um, and uh, we, we don't have to shoulder the, uh, you know, we can, we can go off the reservation a little bit more because we don't have to shoulder the, uh, oh, we have to be the important part of this story or we have to drive the action. We can just sort of goof off. So I, I, get, to, I get to do a lot more goofing off, which is uh, something I like doing in real life as well. Um, do you have a favorite character in the universe? I have many. I mean, like, like many people, Batman has always been sort of my, my guy. Um, despite having played Superman in Legion of Superheroes back in the day, um, which was super exciting, and 
and I would I would say if if I'm like a character in more, you know in real life more it's it's my more Superman than Batman but that's probably why he's always attracted me but but I man I you know I love Mr. Miracle and I mean the, the DC universe is populated with uh, with cool characters I could and I and I grew up reading comic books so I could I could go on <laughs> I could go on and on and on. Um, I would say that uh, you know when you're when you're doing on camera or stage, you get to use your whole body and your face, and all of a sudden all that goes away when you're doing uh, voice acting, um, and you have to find a way to communicate all the same stuff, but with just using your voice. Um, I find that I that I probably do it the same way I would do an on camera role in a way, um, but I just have to be more aware that oh well I can't just communicate that with a raised eyebrow because they can't see that. Um, so it's just gotta, you gotta, gotta put it all in here. But I do put it in my body when I'm, uh, when I'm recording even behind a mic. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's really the challenge there. And do you have kids? Um, no, not yet, but, but we're still talking about it. I'm, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I, you know, I've, I've left quite a, a, a legacy if I do have kids of, you know, of, of things to embarrass them uh, in public uh, as far as, uh, you know, things that I've worked on, so. And then, um, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give, uh, yeah, want to yeah, give to somebody who wants to get into voice of work or into the industry? Oh, I love that. Thank you for asking. Um, there are a lot of things that you could do that are simple. You, do, you don't have to move right to Los Angeles and try to get an agent, do all that stuff you think that it is. Do do theater because when it comes right down to it, it's all about acting. So do do whatever acting you can wherever you are, whether that's a local theater group or your drama class or, you know. Just getting together with your friends and making stupid movies, you know, with your iPhone, whatever that is, because that a will will start to hone your skills without you even while you're you know having fun, and it'll it'll let you know if it's something that you really love doing, because if you find that you don't love doing it, then you you might as well find something else to do because there are these long stretches and you know it can take a long time to get established to a point where you're actually making money at it. And you gotta, you got, during that time, you gotta be having fun, you know, because otherwise you just get bitter and uh, mean and, uh, and sad about the whole thing. Uh, read aloud every day. Um, it doesn't matter what you're reading. You pick up any book, pick up a pamphlet at the bus stop, you know, whatever, in the newspaper. Spend, you know, five to ten minutes just reading aloud, because that's, that's a huge part of what we do. We get the script, you know, sometimes just when we show up, we haven't, we haven't gotten it in advance. And we have to very easily, you know, pull the meaning off the page and, and make uh, make quick uh, decisions about character and things like that. So it's it's good. It's good. It's a good drill. Uh, so yeah, acting and, and 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 reading. And then if you if you find you still love it, then you can move to Los Angeles and worry about the rest of that stuff. My wife and I wrote a book. Um, so if you are interested, uh, if you're listening and you're interested, we wrote a book called Voiceover Voice Actor: What It's Like Behind the Mic, and uh, it's. It, it was it was born out of you know getting this question from a lot of our fans. So uh, also Dee Bradley Baker, uh, a, a supremely talented uh, actor um, and voice actor, uh, has a, a website called I Want to Be a Voice Actor .com, and the stuff that he's put on there is is genius. So so there there are lots of places to go. I just noticed the sci-fi for me.com. Yes. Um, I just started uh, with a friend of mine. We started doing a Mad Max Fury Road podcast oh. where every week we, uh, we, we watch four minutes of Fury Road and then talk about it for 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, because we love the film so much. I'm super proud of it. It's, we've got three episodes out right now. Uh, yeah, you can find it on iTunes. It's called You Are Awaited. My name is Kari Walgren, and I am playing Saturn Girl. And tell me a little bit about your character. 
Uh, Saturn Girl is kind of the leader of this uh, young group of superheroes called the Legion of Superheroes. And uh, she has the ability to read minds and has a lot of other powers. And, uh, you know, they chip in to uh, help out in the movie. <laughs> And um, what makes this different from some of the other voiceover work you've done I mean, in terms of the character? Well, the really great thing about this particular character is that I played her a number of years ago in the Legion of Superheroes cartoon series. So when they were casting this movie, they said, you know what, we want you to come back and reprise your role. And that rarely happens. So it was just such a joy to get to come back and play a character that I had researched uh, before the cartoon series and, and gotten to know and love and uh, get to come back to it. Um, what is the easiest part of, of doing something like this? You know, it especially because they brought back some of the other characters and voice actors that had played uh, the roles in the cartoon series, it felt kind of like a family reunion. So that sort of rapport with the other voice actors for this particular group of roles was really nice. And the hardest part? Uh, the hardest part is finding that balance in the Lego universe of making sure that the superheroes feel strong and powerful and yet goofy and fun as a lot of things are in the Lego world. Uh, do you find comedy harder or more difficult than, than doing drama? I actually find comedy easier because I don't take myself very seriously and I find it difficult to try to come across like I am taking myself seriously. So anytime there's a little bit of comedy thrown into something, I just feel like it's a gold mine, you know, and you just get in there and, and find things to play with. And uh, do you have a favorite character outside of yourself? <laughs> Um, well, I have loved Wonder Woman since I was a little girl. I collect coffee mugs. I'm a huge fan of the graphic novels. Um, and recently, I'm kind of on a Supergirl kick, too. Well, especially with the new, the new TV series. Yeah, it's fun that it's bringing more attention to her. Tell me one thing I don't know about you. Let's see. <laughs> I, well, okay, I am, I am playing Chloe Carmichael on the recent season of Fairly Odd Parents, and I'm playing Mina in Benicula on Cartoon Network. So those are some other projects that you can see right now. I am Kari Payton, and I am playing Cyborg. Okay, tell me a little bit about your character. Well, he is uh, kind of the fanboy of... Uh, Justice League because he's the new kid, you know, but uh, but he's starting to find we, we've done four uh, Lego Justice Leagues now and so um so he's starting to you know find his place in the last um, Justice League he was um, I mean he's still carrying around Batman's bags and you know he's in all of Superman and all of that but he's excited to um, to uh, find his place on the team you know and he was kind of a part of of, uh, of saving the day and the last one a little bit more. And so when Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman get whisked away, you know, he has to step up and take a more leadership role. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, so our little guy is growing up. <laughs> I mean, he's still only an inch tall, but he's growing up. <laughs> what makes this role different from some of the other roles that you've done? Uh, well, <laughs> well, you know what? I've been doing a version of Cyborg for 13 years. Wow. So it's, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty awesome gig, but um, but the uh, kind of the fanboy aspect of it is what what makes uh, the Lego Justice League guy a little bit different, and um, but but uh, but the Cyborg was my first audition, you know, uh, voiceover audition, uh, uh, 13 years ago when we did um, the first Teen Titans series, and so um, and so he's kind of just me being 
you know, maybe a little sillier, you know, but I'm kind of silly and I'm kind of loud. So, uh, so it's really just, 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 just me um, have, having a ball and following the script, sort of. <laughs> do you do any kind of vocal prep to get into the character? Uh, no, you know what? I drink. I drink what I sing on the way to to, to uh, you know to get myself uh, uh, warmed up. But I, but I, I'm, I mostly just drink a lot of water because I because I know I'm going to be loud. <laughs> um, what would you say other than Cyborg is your favorite character in the DC universe? Uh, Aqualad. I played uh, Aqualad in Young Justice. And why and, is and that? He was he, he was the that was the first uh, character that like Cyborg. Um, he'd been around before. I. I uh, uh, I, I played him, um, but uh, uh, he's been, you know, because I, I, I read Cyborg when I was a kid reading comic books, but, um, but Aqualad was a new character, and, uh, and, so, and so my voice and, uh, and that picture and that copy, that was the first time I, I, um, I used that particular voice. You know, he, he's very serious, very, um, uh, uh, feel, feels a, a deep responsibility, you know, so he's very, he's, uh, very, very, um, Focused and um, you know a d different kind of uh, uh, superhero uh, <laughs> mentally, you know, than uh, than than Cyborg, and so um, and so I really love that character, and and uh, I love that that they there's such a kind of a cult following for for Young Justice, and and uh, yeah, yeah, and and it's the first time I ever really you know um, use that character in that in that sense. So, uh, do you find doing comedy harder or easier than, than doing more serious stuff? I I, I don't think that there's I love doing both, and they and they both have their uh, their their difficulties. You know, I mean, you got to find the funny sometimes, and uh, just as much as you've got to find that that um, that truly sincere moment inside you to to uh, you know to show the the angst of the drama that, that you're that you're dealing with at the time, and uh, and and I I do a lot of both. So I uh, so I I find that that uh, it's it's about. It's a different kind of truth that you're trying to find. There's a truth in comedy, and there's a truth in in, uh, in the drama that that's uh, that, that's uh, like deep in your soul somewhere that you got to pull out. But uh, but they're 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 both equally exciting to me. Uh, do you have kids yourself? I do, four and, and seven. And have they seen yourself? Oh yeah. And what they, do they think of it? They love it. They they love that that dad's a superhero. And and uh, I mean, me and my seven-year-old, we just put together the 445 piece. Justice League set with uh, with my little cyborg character and and uh, you know and we were up all night and it was awesome we loved it. Okay. And what would be the one piece of advice you would give someone who wanted to get into either the voiceover business or acting overall? Stay positive. You know, I mean, I'm really lucky to get to do what I do. A lot of people want to do it, but only uh, a few get to, and uh, and and we're we're lucky to do it. And um, and no matter what you do, you know, in, in, enjoy yourself and and enjoy. Find the love of what you're, whatever you're doing, because uh, because at the end of the day, if, uh, if if you're if you're not enjoying yourself, if I'm if I'm if I get to do this awesome job, and uh, and I'm all I'm worried about is is uh, is where am I going to get my next gig, you know? Then uh, then, then then what's the point? You know, there's no happiness in that. You know, the happiness is all. You know, no matter what you're doing. James Arnold Taylor, the voice of The Flash. Awesome, and I see you're in Flash colors. I am. <laughs> if only the audio world could see. Was that, I'm assuming that was intentional. It was indeed, yes. I thought I have to wear my Flash colors today. <laughs>
Um, what, draw, what, what do you like about The Flash, playing The Flash? You know, uh, Flash has always been my favorite character. As a kid, I collected comic books. I loved all of them, X-Men, Spider-Man, all that, uh, Green Lantern. But The Flash was my favorite. There was something very appealing about this character that was the fastest man alive because it's a superpower, and it's an amazing one, but it's still kind of human. You know, he doesn't fly, he doesn't shoot lasers, but he can run so fast he can you know, change the course of things by doing that. And I thought that was really awesome. So I just always have connected with him. And what is different about this character versus some of the other characters you've done? I've been very fortunate. Uh, you know, I'm a, uh, as a voice actor, I've played everything from Fred Flintstone to Johnny Tessa, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and uh, all these different great characters. The Flash is great because he's in my regular voice. He's kind of how I am in real life in sessions with my friends here, which, you know, we're all just having fun. Uh, he's always trying to go for the joke, and he saves the day in this movie more than anybody. Actually, without the Flash, this whole story would be null and void. <laughs> well, you bring up the humor. One of the things I like about the Lego world is that it's very much tongue-in-cheek. Yes, absolutely. Uh, do you find humor harder, easier, the same as, as doing more serious stuff? No, I, you know, uh, I started as a stand-up comic. I love comedy. Uh, I was a comedy writer for many years. I think that it's, it is definitely harder to do and harder to do right, but it's the most fun. And voice actors, I think we have a tendency, we're all kind of jokesters. We love doing this because so often what happens is if we're doing a, car a cartoon that's very serious, the stuff that they don't get is the stuff that's happening when they, they cut and we're all making jokes. So in this, in Lego, we get to actually do the stuff that we would be doing off mic anyway. So it's a lot of fun. Um, what kind of, of tricks do you use for your voice to make this, you know, Flash versus the other characters? Well, again, uh, Flash is pretty close, pretty much just my regular voice. Um, but he talks very fast. So anything that he's saying, he's always got to know exactly what he's going to say before he says it. So he's really just going off the top of his head and his sound is very fast. So when you read a script like that, you can get very tongue-tied. So I, I have a pretty good ability. In fact, in a lot of my sessions, the director will go, okay, James, that was great, just slow it down. So I'm always being asked to slow it down. As the flash, they're like, speed it up, even faster. Can you go faster? And so it's, uh, it's great fun to do. Tongue twisters. Ah. Uh, which I'm sure you do. I do, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Uh, What's the uh, well? Rubber baby buggy bumpers is pretty good. I like that. Uh, sea cells, sea cells is very hard. That's a hard one. What I do is uh, Dr. Seuss. I like to read Dr. Seuss books, and in fact, it's a great warm up. Uh, and so when people ask me, they go, "Oh, how do you get to be a voice actor? What do you do?" You want to learn how to pick up anything and read it and just make it sound natural. But I always recommend Dr. Seuss books because they are tongue twisters. They do, you know, really put your brain to the test as well as your mouth. Well, that kind of I, I've been asking the others this kind of how you get um, in terms of that, um, how do you approach creating a character? I mean, I know a lot of it's on sure. the page, but sure. also a lot of it's kind of the director pretty much assumes that you can do stuff as well. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot for me uh, where I do a lot of like voice doubling and stuff for celebrities if they're not available. And from that, I've had to be able to go into other people's worlds and skin, if you will, and kind of see how they would act. So when I do a character then, I really do feel like I kind of place the character over here and I'm here, and then I jump into their skin and become them, and it's hopefully not me in there, but it's them. So it's um, one of those things you envision in your head, and as I envision it, it just kind of goes out and it starts to become that character. I don't know, it's just, it's a weird thing. I don't know how it happens, it just does. Uh, other than The Flash, a favorite yes. character in the, the DC Universe? Uh, yes, uh, we were talking about this before. Uh, Green Lantern is another favorite. Uh, I love, um, gosh, I, I love so many different characters, but uh, 
I'd say Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I've been Green Arrow as well. Um, Batman Brave and the Bold, and he was one of my favorites. But those three were, growing up, those three were my all-time favorites, so I'd have to stick to them. Do you have a favorite overall voice that you've done? Oh, boy. You know, it's really tough. I try to make whichever character I'm doing at the time my favorite. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has certainly been one that's been very near and dear to me for the last 13 years, playing him in so many things. So uh, that one's brought me a lot of fun and uh, opportunities. So I, I love Obi-Wan. I love Ratchet from the Ratchet and Clank stuff. And I love The Flash. I mean, I really, it, you know, I mean, I'm saying that here. You're like, well, of course he's going to say it. But there's something so cool to me. Every time I get to play The Flash, I, I giggle inside. So, yeah. And then uh, with regards to superhero films, um, they've, you know, massively gone popular over the last yeah. few years. And I've, I've, you know, what do you think it has, has kind of been the cause of that? I think, you know, a lot of people like myself growing up, dreaming of what these would look like and what these would be like and just loving them so much that now the technology's there too uh, and they're able to create these worlds. Some of it, sometimes you go, gosh, I wish everybody would go back to the comic books and see that though too. I, I don't want that part to die out. I want the, the, the love of the comic books to still be there. And so I hope people would see that when they go to see the movies that they would also then go back and get the comics and read them because that creates so much more in your imagination and that's why we have the movies now is because of all of that. So. Do you have kids? I have a daughter. And uh, what does she think of these? She loves them, yes. She's a very big fan of it. She loves uh, doing all of it. She loves getting to see all these various things. In fact, she's going to be uh, doing some voice acting this year in a new movie that I get to uh, be in with her. So a lot of fun called Animal Crackers. So yeah. You can see photos from the red carpet in the article accompanying this podcast, as well as the review of the movie. It's now available for purchase on video on demand, as well as on DVD and Blu-ray. Be sure to stay tuned to Sci-Fi for Me for DC Comics News, our DC-based podcast Rogues Gallery, and recaps of DC-based TV shows. Thanks for listening to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton. The theme song is Schoolyard Haze by Jerry Pitkin, available via the Free Music Archive. The podcast is recorded in partnership with Sci-Fi for Me Radio and released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Links for more information on all this are available on angiefsutton.com.